The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome back to part two of the Forever Fab podcast with my guest, Rebecca Love. Rebecca, you are a professional organizer and, you know, a making your life better consultant. (laughs) What would you say are the top three things we should throw away or give away if we are to start a do-it-yourself clutter project? And these don't have to be specific things like throw away those burnt pots and pans. (laughs) What are the sort of in general three things that we should give away if we want to start a do-it-yourself declutter project? No, I love it. The basics. The basics. So the first thing I know this is this is very basic, but like mismatch hangers, y'all. We gotta <laughs> just choose the one and just go with that one. Just that's it. <laughs> because visually, it just create. I I have match. I listen. My hangers match for every sort of type of clothing. Pants are one color. Dresses mm-hmm. are another color. And visually, it's actually very helpful for me. I'm a very visual thinker. Mm-hmm. It's actually very helpful for me to just see like all tan because I know those are dresses. And not only that, then I subdivide the organization into all pink, all black, all blue, whatever. So for me, visually, that's extremely helpful. So that's one thing. Same like color to angers. Yeah, I feel like I need to invite into the closet now because <laughs> I'm, I'm visual too. So I'm like, wait, I have to see this in person. <laughs> uh, so mismatch hangers. I would say this feels like um, a very obvious one, but like things that don't work, mm. like appliances. Maybe you nah. have like yeah doubles of things. You may have like a bunch of batteries that don't work. Ooh. Just things that like don't work. That yes can't use um and what's the third yeah um the third is not something physical so i know some people hate this but get rid of the idea that like your home has to be filled to the brim with things that every Mm. corner every cabinet every space has to be occupied with something Mm. um yeah let go that idea and i would say welcome the idea that Empty spaces is good space. Sometimes. And on on that last point that you mentioned about not every space has to be filled and the, the value of having an empty space, what do you think the importance is of creating either an entirely clear space in your home or even just one space within your home or office that is clear? What do you think the health impacts of having or being in a clear space are? So... I think the opportunity to like explore new things and buy new things, like that's fun. 
I I love to buy stuff. I like stuff. <laughs> I, like stuff that I, use. I like stuff that I use. And I like it's important to have things that actually make your space feel good. And so the point of an empty space is to give your space the opportunity to breathe. And so when your space can breathe, like you can breathe. Yes. And you have to remember you're always gonna feel you're gonna find something to buy. So empty space actually gives you the opportunity. To get excited and not think about like, oh, I'm buying this. Oh, where's it going to go? And then you're adding to the clutter. But empty space just creates excitement and opportunity for like new. Yes. I'd like to segue off of that because it's a perfect answer that you gave. Not that there's a right or wrong, but that answer was perfect. It's been said, and I think this is a quote from um, maybe Joshua Becker, but it's been said that the first step in crafting the life that you want is to get rid of everything you don't want. Mm. So how do we even begin to separate ourselves from the stuff that we claim to love? You just mentioned starting with the basics and getting rid of the things that don't work, but on a deeper level, how do we begin to get rid of that stuff in anticipation of creating the life that we want? Yeah. I love starting from like where you are and really uh, being honest about where you want to go. Because when you know where you want to go, it creates like a great foundation to, to make things that don't belong there just to fall off. Right. So like say, you know, you don't want to buy a home. You want to buy a condo. That's me. That's just me. Like I know (laughs) I don't want to I don't want a two floor house. I want to duplex. So I automatically know like certain things that don't fit into the vision of a two family, you know, white picket fence home. Yes. I can just, I don't have to purchase those things or buy those things. And I know, I don't know how big of an example that was, but like, say you are starting a new career, you worked maybe in corporate, you wore all black, and now you're starting a more creative career and you want to dress more colorfully. So now your wardrobe is all black, but you know where you are, you know where you are, you know, you want to go to have a more colorful wardrobe you can easily start to kind of like pick off those those clothing items that don't kind of fit into where you want to go. And so that is just kind of like the way you ground yourself in a deeper way to clear your space when you're thinking about where you're going and what is not fitting in that um, that future. Very good examples. Thank you. It's also been said that prosperity will not come into a cluttered home. I have a friend who every time she felt stuck And she was a freelancer, a creative freelancer. And every time either business was slow, she wasn't getting clients. She just said, you know what, I'm just going to clean up my apartment. And she had a relatively clean apartment, but it was a really tiny apartment. But she just figured out a way to reorganize it and somehow clear the clutter that she did have. And wouldn't you know it, she would get back to me a few weeks later. She was like, listen, I cleaned up my apartment and wouldn't you know it, at the end of my cleaning, I got a new client call me and I'm going to do, you know, this show or whatever. So, I mean, is there, that was one example, but do you really believe that there's truth to that, that prosperity will not come into a cluttered home? Absolutely. I think one energetically, you know, when the energy within you is stagnant, the energy in your space could be stagnant. Even, you know, you inviting people, all of those, all of your, everything that comes into your space that circulates your space, it impacts the space. And so 
and ultimately impacting you and your life and your thoughts. And so when you're cleaning, literally wiping off dust, literally opening up the window and letting energy out, saging, smudging, lighting candles, like you're allowing the energy to not only like renew, but also to move around. And so that I think karmically, it's just, you're just moving around things within you. And so we're connected to that space. So I think that's one moving the energy around. And I think in terms of like creating or feeling like you have a sense of control. Mm. Um, I know for me, sometimes if I feel stressed and overwhelmed, sometimes cleaning does ground me and it, it does make me feel it, it is, it can be therapeutic. And so if you feel like you can't control anything, but you can control the cleanliness of your home, you can control removing things that's empowering automatically. Yes. And so and you're almost like refocusing your time and your energy into something that is productive and positive. And so that energy just translates into you, you know, doing the work or, you know, inviting the new opportunities in. So. So that's also psychological, though, because you just described that the act of clearing your physical clutter or your physical space has an obviously positive effect on clearing your mental space. Absolutely. Our mental and our physical are completely connected for sure. Now, how would you suggest that we avoid creating clutter in the first place? <laughs> I love this question. <laughs> okay. So I have some like real tips that may or may not be popular, but I think they're super helpful. Um, so I sometimes follow a zero waste lifestyle. And what that mm. looks like is like when you go in food shopping and rather than taking in new produce bags or grocery bags, like you're actually bringing your own produce bags and you're bringing your own um, grocery bags. Mm. This really reduces like the less trash you bring into your home. Think about how many bags garbage that you take out your home think of the, your fridge filled with like produce bags so like things like that do create clutter even if you're accumulating um your grocery bags so it's really like thinking about how and that was an example of like trash plastic how can you what are ways that you can reduce the things that are coming into your space and think of the everyday things that you're bringing in um i would suggest like we all have reusable bags i know we all do Yes. I know we have a billion target bags, like put them in places, you know, that you can easily grab. And it's just a simple switch, uh, but that's helpful in just reducing stuff. Um, and then when you realize you have a lot of those, stop bringing those in. And when you're giving things away, just use those bags. So, you know, um, so that's one way reducing clutter, reducing trash. Yes. Saying no is very help healthy. It's very healthy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Rebecca. <laughs> sure. It's hard. You feel like you don't want to make people uncomfortable. You don't want to seem rude, but it's like say no. You do not need like another mug. Just saying <sighs> no. Let me ask you. Let me. I'm gonna take that back because people have their vices and their things, and I'm not one to. And I'm really not one to down on. Like if you like collecting things, because you're not gonna tell me I can't buy more like gel pens because I love <laughs> I love the color. So I'm going to yeah. get more gel pens or crowns or markers and right. a coloring book. 
Right. But that's one of my vices. So I'm really not big on that. It's only when it starts to um, not be manageable and it doesn't feel good. That's when okay. it's different. When you're uh, starting to feel a little guilty, like, ooh. Yeah, no, 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 no. You can have a lot of anything. It's just when it starts to like impact you in a way that doesn't fit. Like it's not serving the purpose. Like you have your vice that's supposed to like make you feel good and, you know, make you happy. But then if you have too much of it and it's actually like impacting you negatively, then it's like, okay, maybe we just have to scale back a little. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm really big on like have your vices because I have mine. Like <laughs> yeah, we all do. We all do. That's a healthy thing. Um, so yeah, just saying no, that's how you kind of reduce clutter. Like we have a lot of things that friends and family, family love to dump their clutter onto other family members. Yes. So I I my family, people already know, like, oh, I don't know if you wanted this or not. But I don't. <laughs> people identify you and say, you know, I know she's going to feel bad. Or, like, people, may, they may not say this consciously, but, like, they'll dump your clutter on their clutter on you. And I think in the moment, it's not a big deal. But, like, after years, and then you still yeah. have something your cousin gave you from the right. So you're like, and then, again, you multiply that by 10, 20. Right. Right. Like, why do I have all this stuff that's not mine? I, didn't I have a feeling some of my family members are waiting for me to give away some stuff. Can I? Yeah. Let me cut. Okay. <laughs> this is a great segue. I love giving things away. I was raised I too. To, to others. I think that is very healthy. And I think I do not want us to stop that tradition. I think it's beautiful. I yes. think the whole idea of having things is to use them. Like, I, I feel like this feels like um, having things to have things. Like, that's not what we're doing. We're, I want to give things to people that not only need them, but you're going to use it. Mm -hmm. And I feel it's, it's not a radical concept, but I think sometimes it gets lost on us. So like, yes, give things to people. If you, if you have clothing, I'm pretty sure your family would love to raise your clothing. I mean, I want to see it now, but it's like, if you know your little niece is, you know, she's going to college, she's turning 18 and 19 and, you know, she wants to wear dresses and she's always loved and commented on your dresses absolutely gift her some of your dresses like that's not we don't have to like feel guilty about that like that's a positive that's very useful that's a useful way to like um declutter um, right yeah excellent now how does one stay organized you know in your home if you have young children and or pets so i'm gonna be honest you can't. Oh, okay. I have an 18 month old. So, congratulations. Thank you. I'm still learning about organizing. And I think it's a little challenging. And I'll give you some of the things that I do. And one specific thing, and then something philosophical, because you know, I love my philosophies. Yes. So, I think the first thing is still keeping to the rule of keeping things at a minimum, like the things that she uses, we keep. The things yes. she plays with, we keep. I have no problem throwing out toys or getting rid of toys that I feel, even within 18 months. So there's still that system, that foundation of like, okay, she's outgrown these clothes. Yes. Now give them to another mom. So that yes. system is still the basics. Now, in terms of, I feel like one of the challenges is keeping your space feeling like it's manageable. So like, mm. okay, you have all of these toys. She places with them. I feel like that's the other component of managing 
the clutter and the things because kids just come with a lot. Of stuff. <laughs> they're, like, look, like, they're like adult roommates, and I'm like, oh, oh my god, they really I know. <laughs> I actually, I actually have two dogs, and I have a basket where I keep all the toys in one corner in the, you know, family room, living room, whatever. One basket, one corner. And they are now, you know, tall enough of enough height that they can just go in and stick their noses in it and then literally pull out the toys and play with it for a second and then go out and pull out another one and play. And all I'm doing is if I'm running after those pets to pick up every single toy, I actually would probably lose some weight and I'd be able to get back into the clothes of my closet. But that's not the point. The point is. Ay, ay, ay. So you're right. It, it's a work in progress. But you you gave up a great a great example, and that was like my segue. I have like a basket for my yes. daughter, and the basket has changed. You know, organization is about like going with the flow. Yes, like it's a dynamic process. Yes, it's a process, and you update it. So she used to have a bigger basket of toys, but as I scaled down, I was able to get a smaller, a big basket, but still smaller. And that's her toys all fit in one basket aside from like these two big toys. Yes. Um, and it's helpful, you know, just pull it out. And then when she's done, I've been trying to show how to put it back. <laughs> she's like, nah, mommy, you do it. She take, just takes it back out. But it, it's still helpful because I'm able to, you know, if my niece wants to help me clean up. Yes. That's the toy basket. So, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Oh my gosh, we're coming to our end. This is the second to last question. Okay. And this is related to the workspace. We've often, we've been speaking quite a bit about your home, but in your workspace, two-part question, what is the one thing you would do to keep your workspace manageable and neat and tidy? And what is the one thing you would not do in order to keep it tidy? So what would you do at you, in your workspace to keep it tidy and manageable? And what would you not do? to help ensure that it is tidy. Okay, so what I would what I do is to keep the one thing I use consistently. So keep it clear of anything in the day to day. So the only thing that stays is my laptop and so mm -hmm. everything else kind of gets put away. So Got that's it. the one thing that I do so it's not like it doesn't have other things that live on the desk. It's just clear. So when I'm ready to work, I'm just able to sit down. Um, and this is how I particularly like my desk because I end up cluttering it throughout the day with my notebooks and things like that. Yes, so yes. Those don't live there. Right. Uh, so for example, I have a stack of research papers, which every time I go through the journal, I'm like, oh yeah, I need to read this. And invariably, I don't read it by the end of the day because I'm working all day and sometimes late into the evening, I'm like, okay, I'll read it tomorrow. Okay, actually, I'm going to read it next week. So now I have a stack of research papers. Right, right, right. So no, I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I do. Um, and what would you not do what would I so that you could keep your desk clean and tidy? Like I have this rule that in order for me to keep my desk tidy is that I will not eat at my desk. Mm -hmm. I will eat someplace else, not in the same place where I'm working. Okay. So what would I not do is not tidy it up at the end of the day. Because mm. I am one to kind of like, I'll eat at my desk. I'll do a lot of things at my desk. Yes. So I think that's why I start the day. What I always do is start it clear and then I end it with cleaning it. So I'll, I'll never like end my workday without cleaning up my desk. So yes, that's the thing. That, that thing. <laughs> yeah, because oh. I'm like, it's not anything that I don't do, but I'm like, okay, I wouldn't not. 
Yes. <laughs> it's kind of a weird question. Yeah. <laughs> but you got it. You got it. Um, I can't believe this is the end of our conversation. This is so good. Thank you. You are so good. Oh, this is the Fab Five, Ms. Rebecca Love. What are your top five recommendations for living a beautiful, decluttered, and fabulous life? I will write these down. <laughs> um... So, so, okay, this feels so simple, but it really is like the first one I think of. So journaling painfully, honestly, every day, every other day, and really investigating, reflecting, going deep, doing like the dark shadow work. That mm. to me is kind of, it's corny, but like, that's like decluttering your mind, I guess. You know, that's really releasing and addressing things when you have control when you are connected to the things that hurt you the things you love um that makes it when you go out into the world you know you, you're able to own yourself you're able to own your life you're able to you move differently when you are connected to yourself and i know for me journaling that is just like 10 out of 10 always the top so journaling but journaling intentionally journaling when it hurts journaling when you don't want to be honest with yourself like that's that's the thing yeah that's um, deep all right what's number two <laughs> yes number two okay um having vices like having vices that you don't really share with anybody like not necessarily that you don't tell anybody about it but like, like things that you just do for yourself just to like make you feel good and it's not for anyone it's not for sale it's not necessarily something you do for others or for the public, not for public consumption, but for yourself. And we talked about those vices, like coloring is one of the things that I do. Um, okay. Number three. Oh my God, why is this feel so hard? I don't it isn't know. hard, it's just fabulous. Okay. <laughs> I, I know I you've given me so many tips already, <laughs> but I'm sure, but you know, this, these are like the ultimate tips, like, what you would do to live like your most fabulous, loudly, boldly, incredible, beautiful life. Okay, so this is this is one that I love. Okay, so not take yourself too seriously and ah. like having fun. I think people always, I love having a young spirit. I love laughing at myself. If you know me personally, you will find me laughing at myself. I love making others laugh. I feel like when I tell people my story, they're like a little bit shocked a bit because I don't wear <laughs> it on me. And that is intentional. So intentionally not taking yourself seriously, intentionally having fun. This world is heavy enough. Yeah. I hold on to our hardships because we have a long road ahead. So God willing, right? God willing. So let's choose to not take ourselves seriously and just have fun any, Perfect. all the ways possible. Perfect. Um, Number four. This one, I'm thinking of my friend and yes. I'm working through this myself, but just like finding ways to like have pleasure throughout your day. Yes. <laughs> you say, I'm, I'm working. This one is, this was tough because when you're a working woman, a working mom, it's very hard to switch. So I'm, this is, I'm working on this, but I think finding pleasure because when I do, baby. <laughs> yes life is so much easier the day is just light um so finding pleasure in all things um oh my god okay number five 
this may not be what people expect, but I would say like being intimate with others, mm. so like connecting, being vulnerable, being honest, whatever vulnerability and intimacy looks like with others. I feel like that is kind of like what we're all here to connect. We're yes. all here to be seen and see each other. And I feel like that, that makes life just so sweet and very much fabulous for sure. I think. I love it. That is your fab five and it's going down on the record. <laughs> oh my goodness, Ms. Rebecca Love. Thank you so much for your time today and your expertise and your light and your joy. This brings us to our close of this week's Forever Fab podcast episode with my fabulous guest, Rebecca Love, founder of Organize for Love. Do you want to feel more inspired and creative in your space, schedule, and in-home or virtual organizing consultation by visiting organizeforlove.com? Also, check out Rebecca and her business online socially at Organize for Love on social. Thank you again, Rebecca. And thank you, my listeners, for listening to this week's Forever Fab podcast episode. Until next time, stay beautiful and fabulous inside and out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.